I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Oh, fuck me. This is two weeks in a row uh, now that you've had issues opening. Mm, I have lots of issues in terms of, you know. Everything? Penisy problems. Um, Penisy? Yeah. Um, what's up, man? That should uh, be the name that, of our uh, t- episode. Pe- the penis episode. The penis episode. Lots of dicks in this one. Um, well, Martin, the EPL season is over now. I, I guess because we got to talk soccer now um, instead of dicks. This and, is a running theme in our uh, And, you know, like, rest in peace. Like, what do we... Like, we keep saying, like, what are we going to do now that soccer is over? But right before the podcast started, you're like, oh, it's not really over. We have a lot of soccer to look forward to, like this weekend. Yeah, um, I was in a really depressed mood all of Sunday and Monday um, because I genuinely thought I didn't have a purpose in life anymore because English Premier League soccer was over. And I was questioning how we were going to make it to July or June 13th, which is the first day of the World Cup. And then it hit me. My team is playing this weekend in the FA Cup. And then the weekend after that, we've got the motherfucking Champions League final. So we've got I know. two weeks. Like I was, I had to cancel a tattoo appointment because I last year I was getting my back piece done. Oh, no. I just said that on the podcast. Let's hope my grandparents stop listening to this. And second, I didn't want to do that again. <laughs> I know. The cat's out of the bag. Whatever. Um, and... I forgot it was on the 26th because I thought soccer was over. Right. Like, I thought it was done. So I was like, I did email my tattoo artist and be like, hey, man, uh, which I hate canceling on tattoo artists. It's literally the worst thing ever because you just feel like, like, you, like, even though you've given them so much business, like the guy you've gone to, it's still like awkward. Like, hey, hey like, it's, it's like, it's like, talk, it's like going up to your parents. <laughs> it's like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. So I had to cancel that because it's on the 26th and it's like like three in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, something like that. Because that's what it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year I was getting my back done and I was just watching on my phone and like tattoo artists don't give a fuck about sports usually. Um, Usually they're wearing like a black t-shirt and that's it. Like that's every tattoo artist I've had just wears a black plain t-shirt. Nothing else. Nothing else. Just a black t-shirt. And I was like, he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's the Champions League final. Juventus versus Real Mm -hmm. Madrid. He's like, cool <laughs> sweet dude um but yeah i'm really excited i think we're gonna have a party yeah yeah we're talking about like promoting something like where we'll be if we go to like like a bar or something or if we're gonna have it at our apartment here in south philadelphia it is may 15th by the way 2018 all right beautiful i, plug- I plugged it in i i told everyone <laughs> the time of day you like so if you show a newspaper you can be like this is the day like you know like so people know like people do that in like movies and stuff there I forget, are like for time travel though like oh you know where it says the date that you posted the episode Oh yeah, people look at that. <laughs> I do all the time. Oh, like on shit. new podcasts, like for whatever reason, I do not trust the order episodes. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's stupid and weird. But like the first thirty episodes of a podcast, I'll refuse to watch. Oh. So if I'm in the future and I don't know that I recorded a podcast called Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, where you can check it out on Spotify, iTunes. Well, Pandora, maybe I heart, and- <laughs> I heart, I heart radio, uh, com, which will we'll tie back to them a little bit later. Yeah. We'll leave it a little mystery for you guys to figure out, but I wouldn't watch any of these episodes until we hit that 40, 50 episodes mark. So I'd just start watching. It's an oh. inherent bias. That wow. Makes no sense. Okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's also like really fucking hot again, which I wasn't ready for. Like we didn't have a spring. That didn't happen. Um, so now it's just hot. It's now about to 
like plus with the hot it brings crazy thunderstorms so i'm like mm-hmm. looking out my window right now and it looks like like hell on earth is about to break loose which is you know kind of exciting yeah i was riding my bike home from work and i was honest to god running away from the clouds the clouds were like chasing me like a scene out of mad max but speaking of mad max and the heat you know what both the heat and mad max could use a motherfucking beer oh yeah cheers hey um we are drink. oh sorry we are drinking uh four front uh by victory why am i so fucking stupid right now by victory (laughs) ales um it is alcohol i didn't know this i always just called it percentage i didn't know it was alcohol by volume is 5.5 percent um and victory is a pennsylvania beer so hometown beer home state beer home home dogs home dogs um always refer to home dogs um not the road dogs or i don't know um and yeah it's pretty good it's all right i'm not like the biggest fan of it i would probably give it like a seven yeah i'd give it like a 7.5 or something like that like it's drinkable i mean i wouldn't be like if someone handed this to me i wouldn't be upset right yeah like i would be like oh this is a pretty good beer, right. but it wouldn't be like my favorite. So like a seven. I wouldn't go out like of victory. My way to get it. Victory usually has really like the golden monkeys, and I'm used to like higher percentage, more flavorful beer. This is kind of just like, meh. It's like it's a good IPA, so uh, it's pretty good. Um, you said you got it for like eight bucks, right? The six yeah, pack, six pack for eight bucks. So you can't beat that. All right, let's bump so it up to like seven point five eight. eight yeah, yeah, by price. By price. Um, taking everything. So Martin, I was coming. So I guess let's talk soccer. Fine, uh, fine, fine. We're right here. Okay. Um, I came up, I came up with this thought the other day, I guess it was like two days ago because I kept seeing all over Twitter because the, the EPL season has wrapped up and we're reflecting on the season. And one of the main reflections is, wow, what an individual season Mohamed Salah has, has had, mm-hmm. um, and breaking the all time goal scoring record in the single season for premier league with 32 goals ended up with 10 assists or 12 assists. I I, I think ten assists. I can't that. I can't remember. I mean, like double digit assists. Right. Um, outstanding, phenomenal season, winning the Golden Boot. That's the award you win when you complete it. Uh, Harry Kane last year pulled it out of his ass, <laughs> like last game of the season, scored mm-hmm. like a hat trick or something. Yeah. Um, Harry Kane came dangerously close to catching him and ended up breaking his own goal scoring record of thirty goals in a season, which is still like. Like, everyone's, like, sh- like no one, Harry Kane still, even though, like, Tottenham came in third. So, 30 goals, and he was not playing. He was injured right. for a, major- a lot of the season where we didn't even think Harry Kane was going to come back. Again, Harry Kane, phenomenal individual season. I can only imagine he may have even broken that record even more if he would have stayed healthy. So, the point I'm trying to get to is, is the golden boot. Let's talk about the golden boot. Is the golden boot value, valuable to a team? So my point is, having a star striker who is the all is the leading goal scorer in the Premier League, more of a benefit or a detriment. So then we went to Wikipedia, we went on our Google page, and we came up with some pretty interesting results. We've got um, notes, guys. Yeah, and it's a lot in recent history. Um, if we just look within the past couple years, so you have Mosalah this year, Liverpool, and this is the crazy statistic. Liverpool has one of the, I think it was BE Warmers, Bench Warmers, or some someone tweeted about this. I saw there's this Instagram page I follow called Stray Offside, which is like a funny soccer meme like mm-hmm. page or whatever. Um, hilarious if you get a chance. Also follow us on Instagram by the way, um, Lads Podcast, Twitter, and all that stuff. Anyway, um, and they were saying like, how is Liverpool gonna go <laughs> and get some guy who 
has the, one of the, could be arguably one of the greatest individual seasons of all time, gets 32 goals, 10 assists, whatever, I forget, and then still come up one point short than they did the previous season, which is fucking nuts if you think about it. Yeah, it, it blew my mind when Kev told me that today because looking at the Liverpool this season compared to the Liverpool last season, I mean, they're just leaps and bounds better. And even Liverpool in the first half of the season compared to the second half of the season when they started Karius, who uh, got comfortable, they got Virgil van Dijk and shored up their defense. And they just looked like an amazing team. And to find out they finished one one point less than they did last year just blew my mind. Because when I think of Liverpool, when I think of Mohamed Salah especially, it's electrifying fucking football. It's amazing goal-scoring football. <coughs> And they go and finish less. That doesn't, like, logically, it doesn't make sense to me. No, and this is the point, and then this is where it gets even more interesting. So let's go through the last couple of seasons. So this year, Mohamed Salah, Golden Boot winner, Liverpool come in fourth, which is still, like, holy shit. Harry Kane last year, uh, Golden Boot winner with 29 goals. Chelsea is the winner. Let's go to season before that. Leicester City is the Premier League winner for 2015 2016. Harry Kane, once again, with 25 goals, Golden Boot winner. Uh, let's go to 2014-2015. It, it starts to get a little like ridiculous. Sergio Aguero with 26 goals. Chelsea once again. All right, let's go to 2013-2014. Luis Suarez with 31 goals, who was the previous tied with Van Persie. Or no, was it Van per- Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Suarez, um, who tied it up for most uh, Premier League goals in a season. Uh, obviously, Liverpool didn't win that season. Uh, let's keep going. And the most, the last one to have been the Golden Boot winner, um, and uh, won the league in the same season was 2012, 2013, with my former boy, and was uh, Martin's boy, Robbie Van Persie, uh, for Manchester United. And then we go to season before Robbie Van Persie for Arsenal before he left for 30 goals in the season. Arsenal did not win that season. I was I can I can tell you that. Um, That's a fact. Um, and then again, the season before that, 2010-2011, uh, Dimitri Berbatov uh, won it for Manchester United. Um, but yeah, it just if we're looking at like recency, it really seems like uh, the Golden Boot maybe like if a team has become too overly reliant, which is. Weird to think because when you think of Liverpool this season, you of course you think Mohamed Salah, but you also think of Mane, Firmino, who are getting goals. And Firmino's had an outstanding season. I think Mane's had some injury troubles, but again, very solid. So he had a better uh, goal and assist than last year for him. Um, but is and then let's go over to like Harry Kane with Tottenham, who's been the recent most recent uh, Golden Boot winner back to back. Like. Obviously, Erickson's been phenomenal. The season that Leicester won the league, uh, Deli Ali was phenomenal. It's not like Son. Son has been great. They've been a lot of help. But if you start looking at all these teams that have won the league, it seems that it's more of a team effort where the wealth of goal and assists has been spread apart. Let's take Man City. This season, an example. Sané and Kevin De Bruyne almost have like the same, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, assist to goals. I think it's like 16 assists, Kevin De Bruyne. I think like 12, 10 goals. I don't know if he, he got over double digits. Uh, Leroy Sané, like 15 assists over like 15 goals. Like, But it seems like it's spread out. Like Gabriel Jesus has a bunch. Sergio Aguero has a bunch. Uh, Raheem Sterling has like 15 goals, 10 assists. Some like, I'm, I'm not a stats guy, but all I know is they're up in the, Every it seems like all their star players are having like double digit numbers on the goal and assists. Um, same with like 
uh, like last year of Chelsea, it seems like Eden Hazard was pulling his way on both ends. Uh, Pedro was doing really well. William Diego Costa was obviously a huge factor, but not Golden Boot winner. Um, Cesc Fabregas, again, having a phenomenal season last year for Chelsea. Uh, Leicester was just a storybook story. Let's go to, uh, I guess it would be now three years ago. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, again, spreading of Mares, Vardy, um, a drink water, Nagoli Conte holding it down in the midfield. I th- So my question to you is, Martin, should teams be modeling themselves as making it more of a team sport? That is always, it, soccer has always been a team sport. But we've always idolized these uh, strikers, these like goal leading strikers. You know what I'm trying to say? We've always like idolized the Henri's. We've always idolized uh, like the Ronaldos, the Salas, the Van Persies, um, Van Nisselroys, I guess, uh, Harry Kane's, Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer doesn't have a Premier League. Um, he also played for Newcastle. Okay, well, you can. You can <laughs> I mean, like, that's what everyone says. It's like, well, he did play for Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? I think. I'll tell you what I think, but I want to hear what you say first. I think. Um, I One, I don't think it's as simple as that, um, where mm. you have to choose between having a star striker who gets all the load of the goals or have everyone score an equal or semi equal amount. Um, and I, I just want to take this time to look around other leagues. I know we're majorly EPL. We talk mm-hmm. EPL. That's where our bread and butter is. Yeah. But if you look around the other leagues, you look at the French League, Cavani, Ibrahimovic, whoever the star striker on PSG was, has the load of the goals, the major share of the goals, and would win the French uh, Golden Boot. Then you go to La Liga. It's either Messi or Ronaldo who is going for the... Uh, Best goals, and then maybe and then, Griezmann, but not really. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. He tries. He, I mean, you're going up against two goats. He's, yeah, and then you go to uh, uh, the Italian league, and and this year, Cerse Immobile is the uh, Golden Boot winner. But in the years past, it was always Higuain. It was always Juventus's front man. You go to uh, Germany, it's always Lewandowski. He's called Lewandowski for a reason. So I think there is a difference between... Or Aubameyang gave him a run for his money. Yeah. He may have won it one year. But, but, it's, but also, it's, always, it's always been like Lewandowski. Right. And it's always been that star striker. Mm. It's not share the wealth around, yeah, so yeah, to yeah. speak. So I think that there are teams in the Premier League that are overly reliant on their striker. Not a doubt in my, in my uh, mind. Uh, Manchester United is a perfect example of that. We are... Manchester United is stupid reliant on Romelu Lukaku this year and you saw that when he did not play for United but you look at teams like the Tottenham Spurs you look at teams like Chelsea you look at teams like Liverpool and you look at teams like United of the past Arsenal of the past and while they might have one player who gets all those goals who gets all those accolades who gets all those rewards they are merely the final touch in the equation it's like the way I thought about it after you brought this up to me. Uh, Kev talked to me about this at like noon today, and honest to God, I did not do any work after. <laughs> you noon. literally like looked at me and you're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just like, "Okay, here's my new obsession." <laughs> me? <laughs> so I think I just love that sound effect. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Harry Kane, especially. I think Aguero, especially Lewandowski, Ronaldo, those players, those uh, powerful players are the person that's going to stab you in the uh, heart. Mm. They're going to be the person who gets the dagger to finish it off. They're going to be the person to score, but the team is not necessarily built on tactics that surround him. Uh, Real Madrid might be an exception because Ronaldo is the GOAT. 
um, but is a good. for his team. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> but for teams like Tottenham, for teams like Liverpool, for teams like Aguero, they have such a plethora of amazing talent. But they always need someone in front of goal where they know they're going to put that ball in the back of the neck. They're going to stab that dagger in. So what I feel <sighs> is like, a, it's like a, a mixture of the two. It's a mixture of the two. And I think Pep's Manchester City, I think this year especially, showed you that you don't necessarily have to do it that way. But Well, he had like, a, ro- is, he had like a rotating striker right, like, with I, Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero, which is very interesting. You know, like... Um, I'm trying to think of what's the I'm trying to think of the example like of a rotating starting player where they just keep think fresh like uh, Baylor Bears in uh, college football where oh, okay. they have like three different quarterbacks and they always yeah uh, it's very, it sounds like a very college yeah. thing where you just keep like rotating mm-hmm. like get the next fresh guy out there you or, know what I mean or Alabama uh, this year especially they've got Jalen Hurts and uh, the guy who won them the national oh uh, the Hawaiian Ta- guy Tuscaloosa or something Ta- 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 Tuscaloosa is a city in Florida that that's um, I thought that's where Tuscaloosa. I thought that's where like Alabama is. Tuscaloosa. I Alabama. thought Tuscaloosa was in Florida. That's Tallahassee. Ta- Tallahassee. Or, do you say Tallahassee? Tallahassee. Tala- Tallahassee. Tallahassee. <laughs> you mean, it just reminds me of like, it just reminds me of like Zombieland. It's like hey Tallahassee. Like Tallahassee. I, I love Zombieland. I do fucking too. love that movie. Um, Yo, and Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Oh. Are we just talking about Woody Harrelson? Are we just talking about how much we love Woody Harrelson? I really love that. We could do a whole podcast Mm -hmm. about Woody Harrelson's the fucking man. But yeah, I just think it's been a weird kind of like. Like it happens like once or twice. Once it starts happening more than three times, and especially now five times in a row, maybe there's a change. But I don't have the analytics in front of me to say like where the game seems to be going with that kind of thing. Like maybe the over reliant of a leading goal scorer um, is not good for your team. Um, I mean, Pep's proved that his system works. Better. Yeah, his, his, I mean, the guy is just perfected soccer almost. It's, it's which pretty, is odd. We didn't see the, these tactics at Bayern Munich or Barcelona before he came to City. He had that one striker that he relied upon. Uh-huh. Um, it was Villa. Uh, it was Messi. It was Lewandowski. I think more had that striker. I think uh, yeah, yeah. I th- definitely think Bayern Munich. We didn't see this, but right. I think Barcelona. We kinda, but not not to this degree. No, not yeah, to this yeah. degree. But yeah, no, that's fascinating. If you guys have any questions, uh, if you got, what do you guys think? Leave some comments at the. This is being filmed on YouTube on my YouTube channel, Kevin J Pettit uh, for La, La Petite, Mister Le Petit, um, or Twitter, fucking Facebook, <laughs> uh, Instagram us, whatever. Let us know what you think. Is the Golden Boot valuable? Is it? Is it good? I don't know. Do you trust uh, the Golden Boot? Do you? Do you trust soccer? It's not like Harry Potter. You can't grab the golden snitch. Snitch. Don't be a snitch. Y'all snitches get bitches. Snitches get... Oh, wait. Snitches get stitches, dog. Bitches get snitches. Bitches don't get stitches. Snitches get niches? Whoa. Critches get ditches. Ditches are stitches in the niches that are bitches. Yes. Dr. Wow, Seuss. dude, are you are you are you freestyle right now? Poopity yeah. M and M. That new Kanye dog. Dude, trash. Fuck him. Um. All right. So now, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're not, switch now and then. But also keep listening to this, so we keep getting a download. Uh, we are now doing the Lads Awards, which we don't we don't have a trophy, but I did just pull off my shelf this Space Jam. Toon Squad, Michael Jordan. Let the people see it. Yep, here we go. I'm putting it towards the camera. Look uh, at that. With Bugs at his side. It's covered in dust and probably mildew. But, yeah, yep, there we go. 
That's so gross. We're probably going to get fucking cancer now. Um, So, yeah, from Space Jam, authentic from the fucking 90s. This is our Lads Award. So, uh, we don't have many of them. We just have this one. We just have this one. Um, so if any of these uh, players or coaches that we name in the if they don't next come get 10 it, minutes, I just get to keep it. Yeah. Okay. So if you want this, uh, come to our apartment. We're in South Philly. Kevin has a phone. I don't trust phones. I don't have one. Yes. So call Kevin. Ronaldo, call I'm waiting for you. Um, <laughs> Ronnie, please. Um, so let's kick it off with the lads' goal of the season. And uh, my nomination, my nominee... Um, is Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, against Juventus in the Champions League uh, semifinals with the probably the most orgasmic goal I have seen since Zidane headbutt another man. He Ooh. bicycled that... I'm, I, I don't have words. Speechless. You know what I'm talking about. The bicycle kick against Juventus. That's my nominee. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Um it literally just took the air, like, literally out of Juventus. That's a great goal. Um, my goal is back to our boy, Mohamed Salah, who's going to become a re- reoccurring uh, name within these awards, uh, with his Messi-esque juggle around, like, f- the keeper and four, like, it felt like every player on Porto. Um, it was, I guess this would have been the quarterfinals, I, I think, think so, yeah. against Porto. I know, Champions League. Um, and literally, just, like, look it up. Mo Salah, like, it's, like, one of the most incredible, like, juggle over every single player just tap it in goal ever. It, like, I'm not doing – I sound like a fucking idiot trying to describe it. I like, mean, I went speechless. Yeah, so like, um, like, I've gone full stupid. Like, it's, it's so just talented. And I remember people were coming out saying, like, Messi-esque, Messi-esque. That's what everyone kept saying. Like, it's such just a technically sound, beautiful goal. It's it just... I remember watching... There was, like, a GIF of it or someone on the Liverpool Twitter feed or something like that. Just someone playing it over and over again. And I was just like, wow, I could just literally watch this all day. So that's my nominee. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. And at first, like, I swear to God, when I first saw that goal, I didn't watch the game, but I saw all the reactions and shit. I thought it was an accident. It was so fucking good. Like, you know when something is so good that nobody can ever do it again, no matter how yeah, many yeah, times yeah. they tried? Like, it was just like, oh, 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 damn. It's like when you fumble your keys and you, like, pop it up yeah, to yourself, right, like, right. five <laughs> times, and then you're like, oh, I could do that again. And then, like, but I feel like most Salah could, could do that. Yeah. Um, so, let's move on to our favorite game of the season. I guess we're going to pick mostly a lot of EPL stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite game of the season was the first Man United versus Arsenal game where it was literally just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like nonstop action. I mean, I'm not one of those like soccer bitches who are like, oh, well, it was a nil nil game, like zero zero, nothing happened. Like I enjoy those games. I enjoy every type of soccer game because I just think even the craft of crafting like a great gameplay to shut down another team is so tactically sound maybe because i'm a fucking nerd yeah but um nerd um confirmed but this game was so fun especially because it was also rivalry it was a lads derby i had to shotgun a four loco from losing this game so it's very memorable in my mind from that but i remember it was just back and forth by both teams the scoreline ended up by the end just being 3-1 because arsenal just fucking just collapsed at the end but at first it was just 1-1 and it was such a close knit game where it really felt like it go every game we just kept saying up ah, ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, just like standing up where people are just like other people in our apartment who don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. soccer like what's happening are you guys like is someone having a heart attack and it was like yes. no it was it was a little bit baby heart attack 
No, it was such a fun game. I mean, it ended up being a sour game for me. I mean, most Arsenal games this season have been pretty sour, but I remember like it was just such an exciting match. Yeah, I I had uh, that, but I knew Kevin was going to nominate that one, so I'm actually going to pick another Arsenal game. Um, Arsenal versus Liverpool mm. was one of my favorite games of the Again, season. Again, back and back. It was just the exact same type of game as the uh, Manchester United versus Arsenal game, but with more goals. And, like, I was at a bar watching it. We got out of work, or, or I got out of work early, and I went to a bar with a couple of our coworkers. I'm texting Kevin the whole time. I'm like, dude, you got to get the get fuck over, out get, of Get work. over, dude, dude, dude. Yeah. And then I get there, and it's still nonstop. Like, right. it, was, it didn't, right. like, when I got there, it still went, like, And we missed the all yeah. the goals. Yeah, because we were, like, we were, like, so busy trying, like, tweet about yeah. it because we were just, like, you know, Twitter bitches, and we were, like, trying to tweet about each goal, like, giving our reactions at the same time. And like our people at the our, our friends, our coworkers, who don't give a shit about soccer, yeah. are like smacking us the whole time. Like, hey, you're missing another one. We you're actually got one. our phone taken away, confiscated, from revoked. Us. We had our phone rights revoked, and which that, was good. It was good because we actually watched the game. Because usually, like a goal happens, and then like it's never really like back to back goals like that. I mean, sometimes, but never, never, not normally, right. And this game just had everything: goals, mistakes, mistakes uh, incredible goals by everyone. Um, most of all, I remember Mane almost. I mean, Liverpool really could have put this game away early. Yeah, that's right. And they just like Mane blew a one on one. I remember that, and somehow Arsenal got back into it, took the lead, and then they blew it. So I mean, it was just like it was like seeing the potential of both teams and how awful both defenses were. Yeah, and, and continued to be a trend. Yeah, I mean, they still kind of are. But I, I just think that this year in general, we just talked about probably the two most exciting games this season. But I think this year in general just had some fun soccer. Just at, like for the third party person who doesn't have a stake in this race, where Kevin and I obviously do and are uh, uh, depressed most of the time. Like to just watch this as a casual fan, like this is what makes you really fucking love soccer. And these are the games that... Show the soccer bitches out there that a zero-zero draw isn't an everyday thing. Um, so yeah, kudos like, to a fucking awesome season yeah, full of awesome games. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the soccer purists who are just like, yeah, like we want, like, this is a real soccer, like we, this is a football, like they want, like the whole, like you know, a one-nil game is a real game, mate. That ain't nothing. And like I hate that. Like, why can't I enjoy like a three three route or like or like a five nil route that Man City put on so many teams this year? Like, I love to see that. Or like when it's a five four, like the Tottenham Leicester game that just happened over yeah, the weekend. Yeah. I love those games where it's just so much drama, like where I literally am like like it's like almost insanity. Like I don't know what's gonna happen next. I think those are some of the most fun games. I mean, for sometimes I'm just like I get upset because like, all right, I can't keep watching such horrible defending this much but it's so much fun it, it really is and as long as it's not your team yeah you can fucking watch that shit yeah yeah when it's, when, when it's tottenham or liverpool it's fine so right. <laughs> um so let's go on to save what was our what was your favorite save by a keeper this this season martin um i think everybody who knows me at this point knows that i'm gonna name my player my god my love my everything david if you hear this David. David. David De Gea's double save against Arsenal in their first meeting. Um, yeah. It was in the, like, 75th minute, and Arsenal was piling on the pressure, piling on the pressure, trying to get that goal. And for, like, a good 20 minutes straight, David De Gea was just a fucking wall in the back. But I thought there was one save uh, 
that really shows why I think he is the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, and it was the double save versus uh, Lacazette, and then from four yards out, a split second later, from Alexis Sanchez. And it, like, this first shot from Lacazette was from about halfway between the 18-yard line and the actual goal. And David De Gea parries it wide. And who's there to snatch it up? Alexis Sanchez. And he smashes that ball to the far corner of the net. And David De Gea is still on the ground at the time Alexis strikes this ball. He, like, prances, pounces up like a fucking jaguar <laughs> and sticks out his left leg and saves it again. And, like, Kev can attest to this. I genuinely just fell on the floor. I yeah. fell on the floor and was... I. I think I six tried to, to break six, him. Six to midnight, full boner. Um, <laughs> yeah, David De Gea all season. It's crazy to think he only got his first Golden Glove this season, which right, is right. which is insanity. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of help in front of him to help keep those as like as many points as he's saved Manchester United over the couple seasons. Like, um, it's well deserved. Well, like should have been coming for a long time, long time coming. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Coming long for a long time. Long time coming inside of. Goals. Oh, goals. Um, so my save <laughs> is uh, Carius. Oh, I know. What? Yes, it is Carius. Carius, the goalkeeper? The goalkeeper, yes. Bicariously, I have picked Carius. Bicarious. <laughs> I am pretty bicarious myself <laughs> about this pick. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate myself. Um, um, against Newcastle, it was uh, it was only because Martin was like asking me these questions. He's just like, what was your favorite save of the weekend? And like, I'm just too dumb to really pay attention to too many saves. And, like, the first one, I'm like, oh, didn't Carius have, like, a really good fingertip one? And then I watched it with him, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. I like that one a lot because it was, like, one of the – I mean, Carius has done a lot better the second half of the season. I think because he knows he's the number one guy for Liverpool now. There's, like, I think a lot of the poor uh, goals let in in the beginning of the season was because there was no understanding, like, who's the number one guy? And then Klopp finally came down and put his fist down and was like, all right, He's got that confidence. What's it called where uh, <clears throat> like porn stars get like, or like dude porn stars get like blowjobs on the side to get their dick hard for like the main shot? There's a name for that? I think it's... That's a thing also? Yeah. It's oh. a fucking thing. Like you get like... Wait, is it by the same girl for the shot? No, it's a different girl. Stop. No, no. I swear so to wait, God, this so is wait, real. So wait, so wait, so wait. So is this... Wait, is this girl ever in the porn? No, she's just so a fluffer. A fluffer. No. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. No. So you're telling me that? All right. I know we're totally off soccer right now, but this needs to be addressed. So you're trying to tell me this guy who's fucking this girl for a porn? Let's just assume girl can't get his dick hard for this scene. No, he can, but he comes, and then you know how like it takes some time. Like, you right. Got, you got to drink so some you milk. Got a yeah. You got to drink some milk, and then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Much. So, and then there's this. Girl, who is paid, obviously. I hope. How is that not illegal? That has to be prostitute. Because you're literally... Well, I don't know. Because you're literally just paid... She's providing a service. But... And she's not <laughs> in the porn? She might get credits at the end. I don't know. I've never watched it. So the she's end. the fluffer? Yeah, dude. Like, I swear. Twitter fam, Facebook fam, not Please. Kevin's grandparents. Adas, tell a me fluffer. I'm not hallucinating. Like, I'm 98% sure oh there's God. things as... Like, I'm pretty sure I watched, like, a Drugs, Inc. documentary. And it was, like, about meth and porn, which is sad. But they were talking about a fluffer, and that's a how fluffer? I found out. 
Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. Which is uh, such so, a- <laughs> Minulay has a fluffer. He's got his confidence back up. <laughs> And now he's ramming that shit. Okay, he's I'm number done. One. Please let's move on to the next subject because this is what I want to talk about the entire podcast. Like the whole dynamic of this fluffer within the porn industry. Is there a fluffer agent to help get them to other? I think porn? there's multiple fluffs. Is there high end fluffers? I would to give fluffer so. to give in low. Okay, so let's move on to our player of the season for the Premier League. I guess easy. Uh, uh, Mohamed Salah. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Do we have? They, we've literally been talking about it too much. Yeah. Um. Manager of the season, uh, I have Pep Guardiola, um, breaking all the records, which we'll go get to with Man City. Phenomenal job, just tactical genius, winning by 19 points at the end of the season. Centurion, 100 points, most goals, most away wins. There's not much more I can say. So, Martin, uh, do you want to say anything about that, or do you just want to move on to who your pick is? I'll move on, but without, um, without leaving you all with something very petty. Pep's a fraud. I'm not going to expand on that. Nope, uh, no, I, think, I, I think I think you've said enough. <laughs> I think you've said enough. I did. I picked uh, your dude. Klopp. I can't stop thinking about the fluffer. I am so just on this in the back of my head. All right, so you picked Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally I'm so fucked up from that. So we started this episode talking about penises, and the main topic. Oh, it's going to be all pod long. It's all pod. All all dick long. All dick. Fluff, all long fluffer. I still think it's the funniest name. I I gotta like Google that shit because I know now I'm like doubting myself. After this pod, I'm going to, and we'll follow up next podcast. We will. We'll be back at y'all. Yeah. So uh, I picked Jurgen Klopp. I picked him just because. I mean, picking Pep is the easy choice. Let's be honest. He's a record breaker. In his second season in the English Premier League, he broke what eight records, and so. I picked Jurgen Klopp because while Pep broke the records, Jurgen Klopp made soccer look the most fun. Um, and he took a team that was really horrific in the defense and didn't have the spark that they have this year and turned them around to make them the most exciting team in the world, I think, at this point. And let's not forget, Klopp still has a chance to win the um, Champions League. Do I think he will? Absolutely not, but he still has a chance. <laughs> not a fucking chance. Um, I think he's got a chance, but you know that's just me. Um, I mean, that's a, I probably would have picked Klopp. I mean, it's Pepper Klopp. Pepper yeah, Klopp. yeah. I mean, you gotta throw. I would definitely think you would. I would throw Mourinho. I mean, just for, I would not just for second place. I mean, he doesn't play fun. For, like what he does, you're like, why don't you do this every game? But, yeah. I know. All right, okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let's stop. move on. We, we gotta, gotta stop. stop. All right, but you came up with the next the next lads award. Um, which is pretty interesting. Non-top six manager award. I was gonna call it non-top four manager, and then I was just like, "Ooh, well, I mean, we also have Chelsea in there, so exactly. So we can't um, just fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Arsenal came in six, whatever. Um, so this is the non-top six clubs uh, award. Um, I guess never it's not a top club. Anyway, um, so uh, Martin, who did you pick for your non-top six manager? So this pains me. This really pains me because uh, I genuinely despise Rafa Benitez. Um, but I am picking Rafa Benitez because he took a Newcastle team that was relegated in horrific fashion two years ago um, to the point where you had your own fans chanting to get uh, Michael Ashley out of the club. You had your own fans chanting horrible shit to the players about the team. And in one season, he got them back into the Premier League. 
And then in an, in his first season back in the Premier League, he got them to 10th. And yeah, the gap between 10th and relegation isn't a lot, but on paper, it looks good. Mid, and that's literally you can say we were a mid-table team. Absolutely. Like, and that's you, why I'm you, I mean, he hit it right on the fucking head. <laughs> um, He's not so, lower half or yeah, upper half. I, that would have been my second pick, uh, as pains me too, as we both don't give a shit about Newcastle, mostly hate Newcastle. Absolutely. Uh, hate. The Toons. Yeah, right? fuck you, your you, name. Fuck the, to- the Looney Toons. I mean, not the award, not... Bugs Buddy. Are, this is special. No, this is real special. Unless I mean, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa is, <laughs> unless Rafa wants to come get it. Um, then we're all about Newcastle. My pick, the greatest worm-eating coach of all time, Sean Dyche. Beautiful I, man. I'm best ginger Premier League manager of all time. Un- undisputed. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try and name another one. Also, I can't. But yeah, <clears throat> name another one that eats worms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so, grit. That that's is that is, that is fucking grit. He goes out. <laughs> he eats he, worms. He eats worms. He's fucking ginger. Life's against him as it is. Hold on. Can you imagine if he genuinely ate worms before every single game? Like you know the haka. I'd go through a fucking wall for that guy. Yeah. I'd Are be you like, kidding me? You're fucking eating worms. I'm fucking eating worms. worms. I'll eat all the fucking worms for this guy. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Bringing Burnley, fucking Burnley to Europe. Europe's going to think about this, Mark. Burnley, European, uh, other European clubs are going to experience Sean Dyche. Some of these Europeans have probably never even seen a ginger. Let's think about that. Europeans have probably never heard of Burnley. Yeah, actually, that's so true. And like, think about that. We have people. Sevilla might play Burn Burnley. That's insane. Like they've definitely heard of like the Evertons, the West Hams, the. Maybe even Stoke or Southampton. They have never heard of Burnley. Go good for Burnley. I genuinely hope that they get better this oh. uh, this coming season and get into the Champions League because I genuinely think at that point in time in our world right now, the second that Burnley gets into the Champions League, North Korea is just going to nuke us all. Mm-hmm. Like that's just punishment for other clubs being shit. But well, North Korea wins the World Cup, Champions League, uh, Europa League, Euros every year. They're the most dominant team, easy yeah, of all time. Look, Dennis Rodman went over there. Yeah, he Dennis went over Rodman. There for yeah, a exactly to congratulate them on winning the World Cup every year, every single year. It's not a four-year thing in the North Korean land. It's a every North year Korean thing. land. It sounds like Candyland, but not as fun. Well, I really don't believe it actually exists. No, it's all gray there. It literally, like, I think there was a comedian once who like said like North Korea is probably just black and white, and they just like that's what it is. I I believe that. I I absolutely believe it. I think it's that like it's that a made up thing. Like that episode of Fairly Odd Parents where everyone is like gray blobs and no Ooh. one is different. You remember that Fairly Odd Parents episode? Do you remember that Black Mirror episode where everyone becomes static? Oh. That's what I remember, or that's what I think. Is that the uh, John Hamm episode? Yeah, dude. Oh, we can, oh, oh, dude. dude. Oh. I'm getting flashbacks. Dude, like we should. Oh, can we do a Black Mirror podcast? Not tonight because it's okay. fun. Yeah, that's scary. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, those are our lads' awards. Congrats! I'm getting this off my desk because this Michael Jordan Looney Tunes statue Space Jam thing is fucking awesome. But I've never dusted it. But all right, so cheers, guys! Cheers to all our winners! Congratulations! Any I'm sorry. I'm sorry they couldn't be here. They got our. It, it was in the mail. I don't know if it got lost in the mail, but first come, first serve. So if anybody that we just named come gets it, it's yours. Uh, so, um, we thought it would be a good idea. This is our 44th. 
podcast episode. Um, and in these notes, episode 40-something. 40 40-something, 40 yeah. I think it's 44. Um, <laughs> someone keep track for us. Uh, so in the beginning of the season, we made our pre-league predictions. Um, so we're going to talk about like how our predictions turned out now the season is over. So uh, I'm just going to list off what both me and Martin picked. Um, and we weren't far off. We were pretty good. Uh, so Martin's uh, top six picks were in this order. One, United. Two, City. Three, Tottenham. Four, Chelsea. Five, Liverpool. Six, Arsenal. Uh, I had City, United, Chelsea. And then I pretty much, this is kind of a bullshit thing I did. I did Tottenham or Liverpool for fourth. <laughs> um, and then Arsenal was six. So, not too far off by both of us. Um, I think we were pretty spot on uh, for the most part. Um, I think we both uh, overestimated how uh, good Chelsea was going to be this season. Like we bad both Chelsea knew, was gonna be. or how bad Chelsea was going to be. My, I'm I've misspoken. I'm a dumb man. I'm not a small man. <laughs> um, so yeah, we both thought Chelsea was going to stay in the top four. We thought they'd be playing in Champions League football next year. We done goofed. But besides that, I mean, like, Swap City, United, whichever. I mean, I think there was a little bit of, like, inherent biasness in my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it was going to be a Manchester club. I had no idea City would be so dominant. And same with Liverpool. Um, do you remember when Mo Salah came in? He came in later in the uh, in the transfer window. I, remember I think I- we recorded our first episode where we predicted this shit before Mo Salah came to Liverpool. And I'm not saying that as an excuse, but I'm going to use that as a crutch. So according to my uh, logic here, we're absolutely right. We're absolutely right. Yeah, we would have definitely had Liverpool higher. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, we ended up having like, uh, like with mine, I said Tottenham, Liverpool fourth. I mean, Liverpool came in fourth, Tottenham made top four. I, again, I think Chelsea... Uh, just screwed the pooch, and we were both absolutely right. Arsenal would not be in the top four, and we both said they would be in sixth place. I think so that was I think the easiest pick. That was literally I, the sadly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. fuck, fuck me. Um, so which is like sad enough to say, but they've become so predictable that like they used to be so predictable to make the top four. They're so predictable not to make the top four. Isn't that so sad? It's been like three years, and in that time span, you've gone. From having fourth wrapped up to having sixth place wrapped up. No, we up. came in second when we fought for the Leicester title, and that was only, well, I guess, three years ago yeah. now. Yeah. So, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, it's a... Uh, and then last year, fifth, and then this year, sixth. So, you can see a steady progression back, even with these, like, finally getting the striker signings and stuff like that. It's... Um, it is... Uh, so, I would say, like, we did a pretty good job with our predictions. Not too far off. Again, I think we both... Uh, fucked up on Chelsea, but I think no one could have really like we knew it's so hard to go back to back champions. Yeah. But and, nobody and saw this like, hangover. No one, of. yeah, no one saw this, especially with like Diego Costa, mm-hmm. the fallout of Diego Costa, Eden Hazard not getting a lot of playing time, Murata shitting the bed. No one saw Murata shitting the bed so much. Pe- I remember when I wanted him, Pedro. Yeah, Pedro took a step back. Um, everyone seemed to have took a step back i think the goalie conte still had a solid season though uh yeah i i think he did too and i think william did so i think there were a couple there's some stars lights, yeah but let's uh let's just go through the teams that i'm so they finished i know me we too. don't we turned off the ac in my room and it's, i'm sweating we warned my you about this fucking balls off okay a sweater i'm a sweater <laughs> 
So we're going to go through the uh, teams in the order that they finished. We're probably only going to hit the top six, seven, eight clubs. We, we can stop before. We don't have to talk about Arsenal. Yeah, we're talking about Arsenal. So, Fuck. so let's start off with Manchester uh. City. Um, we've, I think, I feel like we've been talking about this for the past month now. Um, they had an unreal season. Like we said earlier on the podcast, they broke eight or so records. Uh, don't quote me on that number. Um, but I know some of the records were most goals, most points, most passes, most possessions. So genuinely the question becomes, can they carry this success into the next season? Yes. They had a fucking phenomenal season unprecedented season but they can they keep this success can they keep this mentality going on into the next season um because chelsea for god's sakes could not um i think it really depends where pep's priorities lie so are they going to focus domestically or are they going to focus internationally or your peony penis you're a, you're, a pe- you're, 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 you're a penis. You're a penis. No, you're a penis. You're a penis. Fluffer. <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> that was really good. Um, so I don't know. Um, maybe he'll go for all three. Maybe he'll focus as to go fucking nuts and go for a treble. I don't think so. I think Pep wants the Champions League so bad. So I could see Man City not winning the league next year, but going balls out in the champions league next year that's just my prediction that my prediction is man city may even like even if they take a step back they won by 19 points this season so i think they could easily win the premier league if they wanted to next year if with this current squad with all the players firing on all cylinders and that's not saying like who knows who they transfer in because man city's got that oil money so if pep's priorities lie in the champions league then I think there will be more of a focus and it won't be as much as a blowout as the season. I think Pep wanted to come in the season and really set a tone and say like, hey, if I wanted to, I can blow you all out in the Premier League. But I think he really wants that Champions League trophy. So that, that's my thoughts on it. I, uh, I have similar thoughts, but I, I kind of have another like a hypothetical question. When did when did teams, when did managers, when did players stop wanting to go for the double? Stop wanting to go for the treble? Because if you read um, biopics, um, specifically from, uh, this is biased, but specifically from Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville, when Manchester United won the double in 2010, or 2008, uh, they won the English Premier League and the Champions League, and they had a chance to win the FA Cup as well. They were absolutely gutted when they lost the FA Cup. They were absolutely going balls to the wall to win every single trophy under the sun. And it seems like in these in these past four years, five years, people either commit to one or the other. Who's to say you can't do both? Who's to say you shouldn't aim for both? And I genuinely think that if Pep truly wants to make a statement that he is the best coach ever... The best coach to ever coach not only the Premier League but La Liga and uh, and the Bundesliga. He has to go for more than just one or the other. Um, the team that he has, oh, I just cracked my neck. It's obvious they're gonna. They have the talent. They have the tactics to win the Premier League. But when you get embarrassed, like they were by Liverpool in the Champions League, 
you better go balls to the wall for not just the Premier League next year, but the Champions League. And so, I mean, no, I no, think, I, th- I think they can do both. I I think their goal should be both. I don't think their goal should be one or the other. So, Manchester City fans, um, quick side note here: this doesn't count as a podcast. I hate you. Um, now we're back. No, I think um, this is just my personal opinion. To solidify yourself as Premier League royalty, which the big thing, the big knock on Manchester City is. They're not Premier League royalty yet because they're oil money, they're too fast, they trans- They have no legends, right? These are some of the, the narratives mm-hmm. by Manchester City. But one of the main narratives about all these other clubs, because they're so famous, because they have such is a rich history. Is your computer magnetic? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. Is I it? I think your computer is magnetic. Oh, that's that's weird. Um, anyway... Um, Sorry, <laughs> is to be uh, back. <laughs> we back. Um, is that they need a Champions League now? Look at the past top four winners. It's been past like like historically great clubs in uh, Premier League in recent history. Manchester United because they've had Champions League and titles. Liverpool has a rich history of the past have European success and domestic success. Still a household like number one club in America mm-hmm. like in terms of Premier League. Chelsea wins champions league another one you know what i mean so what i'm trying to say is i think to solidify yourself as like a like to say like we've arrived i think they really need that champions league this so so like they can stop so all these like uh i mean like if i'm a man city fan like i don't give a fuck make fun of me i don't give a shit like i i get it we we're new we have money we spent it all and got all these really high-end players but i think to really solidify them as premier league royalty as the Arsenal, as the Chelsea, as the United, as the uh, Liverpool. They need that Champions League medal. They need that goal. Like, Arsenal only has that because they went invincible for a season. You either have to get the Champions League or do something that's never been done. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I do, but I think, and this, um, this is still talking about City, but I think that Manchester City, regardless of the fact whether they win the uh, Champions League or not, there is still going to be ridiculed. Because at the end of the day, the facts remain the same. Um, They were created in 2008. Um, Same as Chelsea in 2003. Where Chelsea fans still face ridicule because Roman Abramovich bought their club, brought in these players. Where Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham are just these... Blue blood. Yeah, the blue blood... These uh, teams who have worked from the fucking bottom, who have worked for 100 plus The blue-collared, like, uh, teams. Yes, absolutely. So, 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 so mm-hmm. in order for Manchester City to really uh, get that royalty standing, I believe they have to continue this dominance. And not just in the Premier League, not just in this uh, Champions League in the next year, but for the next 20-some-odd years. And yeah, but I think this helps. I think, I, I think winning the Champions League would help tremendously. Because even with Chelsea, we're starting to almost stop talking about it. Maybe 20 years later, because, yeah. Because maybe Man City has taken that role as, like... Because I feel like we're always looking for that, like, reason, that scapegoat, that shitty... Re- as a sports fan, we're like, well, fuck them. It's like the Patriots. Well, they cheat, and they deflate football. Or it's like, we look at Man City. Well, they have oil money. That's bullshit. Or it's like, well, Kevin Durant is a snake, and they... Beat the cap somehow. Like, I genuinely think it's because or the of Yankees, the sports like, yeah. movies that we grew up on. Like we grew up on 
Uh, dodgeball. It's a bunch of blue-collar guys going mm -hmm. up against fucking, uh... Damn it, I wish I could remember. The Black Panthers? Purple Panthers? Purple, Purple Cobras. Purple Cobras, thank you. Well, and I think, then, like, Hoosiers. Or, like... Yeah, absolutely. Or, like, uh, like Miracle. We where you've like, got yeah. a rich underdog, team. yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think that's where we are constantly at as sports fans, where we always have to have that team that we hate, the for. old team, yeah. like yeah, and we always hate the newcomers, so um, stepping on our territory and making us look like little bitches, because that's what Man City did this year. So absolutely, uh, let's move on, Man City again. Congratulations, phenomenal season. <clears throat> you fucking dropped the Premier League trophies like fucking idiots. But. <laughs> <laughs> and so, your parade sucked. But, All right, I'm but, done. But so did Sergio Ramos, so it's fine. Um, or someone from Real Madrid, right? Sergio, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a Sergio. Shout out to Sergio. You fucking Award for fuck, fucking baddest man. Um, You're so fucking cool, um, man. <laughs> I fucking love that guy. Too. Um, all right, let's move on to your club, uh, Manchester United. Um, so it's like a bittersweet second place. Like where you're like, okay, we came second in the Prem, but then you look at the point gap between Man City and... And United, nineteen points, Martin. That's rough. It doesn't seem like a second place. Well, Arsenal, it's it, like thirty or something. Well, yeah, you're closer to the relegation zone than, than, than top. To City. But what I'm trying to say is, for Manchester United, that's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a true second place. Like Manchester United has gotten second place in the years past, um, and it's felt like a true second place. But this time around, like. For God's sakes, second place. This is the best Manchester United has placed since po uh, since Sir Alex left. So, this doesn't feel like a true second place. This doesn't feel like a true success in the league. This doesn't feel like um, like improvement, even though it clearly is. So, the question comes down to, in my mind, is do you trust this Mourinho project? Because I think this project, this team is starting to take form. Um, it's not happening as quickly as Manchester City. It's not happening as um, as pundits would like. So Manchester United, of course, is going to get a lot of shtick for that. But I believe the project is starting to take shape. Uh, this uh, Mourinho project is underway. This is going to be his third season. He's got the players that he wants. And this summer, hopefully, he, he gets... He gets a couple defenders and doesn't really rattle the squad's chemistry. So, at the end of the day, from a Manchester United fan's point of view, and kind of from a Manchester United's chairman point of view, do you trust Do you trust the Mourinho project? And if the answer is yes, then this is improvement. This is getting better. And let's trust him again next season. Let's trust him again until he gets us that trophy. But if you do not, and this is especially to the board of directors at Manchester United, if you do not trust the Jose Mourinho project at United, if you do not think he's going to stay for the long term, get him out before he causes more damage. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, kind of a success. Yeah, second place. Yes, we play in the FA Cup this um, this uh, this weekend. But at the end of it, I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Spoken like a true parent. Um, Don't you put that evil on me. Yeah, I guess, you know, we can't say that, uh, you know, as a sports fans, we like certain things that we like to say, but like, yep, yep, LeBron's on the next team. That means it's the same year as Alabama. He always wins a championship right. the same year as uh, Nick Saban or like the Patriots always win the same year as Nick Saban. But just like the Patriots, um, just like the uh, Josie Mourinho always wins in his second season, it did not come true. So 
I definitely think there's a couple of things you need to do in the offseason. One is I feel like he still hasn't figured out Pogba. Like I feel like he really needs to sit down with Pogba and figure out the best way to get his. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's all Mourinho. I'm saying definitely Pogba. I think it's like more Pogba than Mourinho. But then again, Mourinho's got to take someone to blame by playing him in for dumb, sakes, dumb positions. I've figured out the Pogba problem. And yeah. I haven't played soccer competitively for like six years at this point. Yeah, so, like, I think there's a couple issues. Definitely defense, like you said. Mm-hmm. I saw the rumor today on Bleacher Report. I think it was Vertonghen, which I think would be no, fun. No, no, Toby. Toby. Oh, Toby Alderwald. Alderwald. Alderwald, Alderwald. I'm actually uh, talking to Did Sam's you know Army Menem- right now oh, so. uh, about the Toby Alderwald transfer and the Neymar transfer. And this is side note, yada, yada, yada. But this is my feeling as a United fan. I don't want new fucking players. I want this team to develop chemistry. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson never had the best players when he got them. Uh, Vidic, he took three years to get that 2012 squad. No, I just say like the fact that he won in 2012 with that squad. Yeah. If you look at if you look at, I mean, again, there were some great players, but I mean, that was that was probably the least talented Man United squad. To win the Premier League. De Gea's Ever. rookie year, you had Raphael playing right back. Wayne Rooney on the yeah. decline. Yeah, yeah, and it's just incredible, and I genuinely think that's what teams need to start doing again. Trusting their players, building that chemistry, rather than getting the newest and greatest player into the club. I mean, it's like the Brad Stevens effects. Like, yeah. You might not have all the pieces, but as long as you play collectively and execute perfectly like look at what uh what's his name at leicester did uh ding a ding a dong dong thank you i miss that turtle looking man (laughs) um i wonder what he's up to i don't know i love he's like greek right or italian he's italian yeah i love that guy i think he was like coaching in the french league i don't know i miss claudio he should oh he should come to arsenal because i mean it's already gonna be shit anyway okay okay no no no, (laughs) i've accepted i've accepted but he's hilarious i just think he's such a like a fun grandpa like your fun grandpa who shows up or your fun (laughs) uncle you know what i mean just like it's like and like i love that guy so um so yeah are we sticking with this new narrative that united is the new arsenal this is my it's been it's been five years now six years now counting since your last title which for man united that's like the new york yankees the yankees were used to winning like every other year you guys are now going into a serious drought which for arsenal was like all right fair like that's like, us that's yeah. on me <laughs> like back in the day like arsenal back in the 80s and 90s we'd be like all right we'll win every six or so years that was what the arsenal used to be because we do have like i think 13 premier league titles something like that well not premier league but like English in- English titles, yeah, yeah. whatever. Fuck off. We're gonna call it the Premier League. That's why Liverpool has like eighteen, but they don't have a single right. <laughs> Premier League title. And so that's like, why United has like ten Premier League titles. Yeah, and like seven um, regular, regular titles. Title. Yeah, England. Titles. Well, you have twenty altogether, so I guess you'd have yeah. like ten. Whatever. Ten. Anyway, fuck off, me. <laughs> so <laughs> tell I, my I'll tell myself <laughs> off on my podcast. I hate myself. I fucking hate myself. But yeah, I uh, I'm about to hate myself more with this statement. I fear that we are Manchester United is becoming the new Arsenal, um, which is Ooh. probably one of my greatest fears. No disrespect to Kev. Um, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. But if Manchester United does not win the title in the next two or three years, then I'm officially gonna like start getting very depressed, and <laughs> none of you want to see me like that. I know he flails. I, I'm there, a flailer. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Not a fluffer, a fluffer. No. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think... <laughs> Dude, don't get started on that. We'll, we're talking a lot about this afterwards. All right. Um, so we move on to third place. Uh, Tottenham, who again, like, it's it's weird that we predicted... Like, some people were saying Tottenham, this is the season they have to win because this is the last time they're going to have this group of, like, young players. Right. Because, like higher top tier clubs which i'm not trying to make fun of tottenham i, I could say the same thing about arsenal uh, i mean liverpool dishes out their best players every year to barcelona um but it seemed like this is the last year where you have you'll be able to keep all the pieces because you already saw a little bit of an exodus with kyle walker the year before um and you'll be out of wall this yeah, summer probably but that's, but that's what i'm trying to say yeah. like could we see the grand exodus of tottenham which we've been talking about a lot could we see Harry Kane, Erickson, Son looks appetizing. Um, and uh, I don't like how I said appetizing. Uh, it sounded like a... Um, uh, yeah, a especially because I, his name's Son, a son that's appetizing. Hey, son, you look appetizing. Dad. 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 No. Oh. Anyway, Tottenham. so Tottenham. Erickson from Whoville. Um, there are so many players. I mean, Eric Dyer. I could see him, like, there's rumors of him going to Manchester United last year. Um, so, it is really, and Lamella's healthy. So, it seemed like this was supposed to be the year. But even before, we predicted, like, it's just so, like, I don't want to say typical Arsenal, but typical Tottenham. That they would just bottle it again, not win any silverware, even though they, cr- but they have the potential to crush almost anyone in Europe. They crushed Real Madrid when they were, like, when Real Madrid didn't really have an identity to begin in the season. They um, looked so good for so long, and I just don't understand it. I don't know. I don't think it's. I can't think it's Pochettino because I we give him so much praise. Is it that they're so young? Is it that it's this whole Tottenham thing hanging over them like a bad cloud? Like, what do you think it is? I, I like. I'm trying to figure it out. But again, what can they do? Because I feel like their squad is pretty perfect as it is. Like, chemistry-wise, but, like, they just seem to give up dumb goals. Yeah, I think the question at the end of the day boils down to when are these players going to get sick of improving? Because they have improved every single year. Every single one of their players has gotten better in every single year except uh, Sissoko, who is absolute dog shit. Yeah. Um, Pray for Sam's army. (laughs) But when are these players going to get sick of improving, getting sick of getting to be a better soccer player, and just want titles, want want that accolades, want that silverware, because like Kev said, we've seen flashes of this. We saw it last year with Kyle Walker, Eric. <coughs> excuse me. Oh, almost speak to little bit. Are you okay? I am. Now I am. Eric Dyer was linked to Manchester United last year. This year, uh, Toby Alderweireld is linked to Manchester United and Arsenal. Hugo Lloris so, easily could go. Absolutely, and then you've got the entire front line. You've got Deli, you've got Harry Kane, you've got uh, Huming Son, you've got Christian Eriksen. Lamella? He's a... Okay, still... Lamella. I mean, Lamella's Lamella. Right, so you have all these players who could go on to a better club. And historically, Tottenham is not, at least in the last 15 years, Tottenham is not a winner. It's not a free agent destination. Right. No one ever goes absolutely. like... They're more of like a build-up from the ground up. They're like... Um, they're like a uh, Oklahoma City from the NBA. I was gonna say uh, Houston Rockets because at the end Harden always choked. 
Ooh, I was going to say, like, when you build a team up from the beginning and they win through the draft, like, since they drafted Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, that works, too. That choking works, too. Um, I could even do something so real fucking I, re- I honestly, like, we're trying to think, like, what could they do? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. I just – is this just a cursed club? I don't know. Let's, I think they had a lot of bad things against them this year. Look, they were still not playing at their home ground. They were playing at Wembley. Wembley Curse. And you know what? We're going to see them in this brand new, beautiful fucking stadium next year. And I know we said this last year. I know we said this at the start of the uh, entire podcast series. I think this coming year, this coming season, is the make it or break it year for Tottenham. If once again they bottle this shit, once again they don't win anything, then players are going to start being like... Look at Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker left, saw the grass is greener over at Man City, now has a Premier League title. And he's considered probably the best right back in the Premier League. Anyway, let's move on. To, <laughs> let's let's move on to Liverpool, who had, as I like to see Martin's note said, stupid good season. Um, it was but a still, stupid but still, good season, but still came in fourth. Stupid fun season. I should have edited. Oh, uh, okay. Here, let me. Um, it was a stupid time. season because they should have came in first, but they just had horrible defense. Total Virgil Van Dyke game. Yeah, and. Um, I mean, I was a huge naysayer for not only Virgil van Dyke's skill, but his price tag. Yeah, I, I, I still don't think that Virgil van Dyke should have gone for $75 fucking million. I, I forgot about that he went for almost $100 million. Yeah, right. Like, I, I, it just, it hits me again every single time I say When you think that, like, fucking Gareth Bale or, like, Ronaldo almost went for that much to Real Madrid. Right, right. Is, that hurts my head. But... New year, new football, different different age of football, I guess. Neymar ruined everything, so... God damn it, Neymar. I fucking hate him. It always comes back to Neymar, doesn't it? it all right, real talk. If real Neymar quick. comes to Manchester United, I'm probably not going to be a Manchester United fan. Oh, shut up. Dude, I fucking shut hate Neymar. Shut the fuck up. You've no. known me for like six years. I know years. you do. Everyone hates him until he's on your team. Everyone's not true. I hated Lexi Sanchez. Bullshit. You hated Josie Mourinho with a passion. I still do. No, not you did not when he first got there in the past two seasons. Till now, you just now because he sucks. He sucks. You, but you I did not. He, he, hold no, on. The get, hate diminished. Yes, but the hatred is still there. Get the fuck you. You literally have been loving and praising him. We've brought this up in the pod, too, how much we both hated him at Chelsea. I do. I I hated him a lot more. I hated him a lot more. You're eating crow. You are eating crow right now. What kind of backwards-ass fucking northerner 1800 saying is that? I don't know. I think Shannon Sharp says this. Sometimes. I like the eating crow part. Yeah. I feel like they're gamey. Nah. Bunny is gamey. You ate a fucking bunny? Dude, I shot a bunny, fucking skinned a bunny, Cooked a bunny, ate a bunny. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> you ate a bunny? I just had bugs on our fucking table. Yeah, I'd eat the shit out of him. Yeah, he probably. He'd probably taste Why good. Why is Elmer Fudd always hunting him, huh? According to Venezuela, it's 2.5 kilos of meat. Oh, yeah. Shout out to John, John Oliver. Shout out to John Oliver. Also, <laughs> also a Liverpool fan. Yeah. So, wow. So, fuck full, you, John Oliver. Full circle. Um,. Great season. Mohamed Salah, prolific. Their front three, probably the best front three in football right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know much more to say. What can they do to fix this? Just do what they were doing at the end of the season and just be consistent. It's all about consistency for them. I think they might need, because Robertson's been phenomenal. Alexander-Arnold's been phenomenal for them. 
another center back. If they get one more center back, I think they're close. I think yeah. they're very close. Absolutely, and especially with uh, the Ox returning from injury next season. But I think around only... November. I think Ox is supposed Ooh, to be is it November. November, but I think it'd be a perfect time to like get a little. Like that's no, the time, oomph. Oomph, like a little kick, and you're a little, <clears throat> little bit of that. Little, <clears throat> A little yeah. a fluffer. <laughs> Ox is going to be the fluffer. Right. Mark um, the Chelsea. only negative. Hold on. Okay, wanna, okay. All right, move on. Stay on Liverpool. The only negative thing about Liverpool that I'm going to say right now um, is their managerial problem. This is kind of interesting news coming out of the Liverpool camp, and it directly affects uh, the Arsenal camp. So, um, Jurgen Klopp has had... A uh, assistant for the past eight years. He was with him on uh, Borussia Dortmund, and he followed him to the Premier League. And apparently, he is the minds and brains behind Jurgen Jurgen Klopp's tactics. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Klopp, but it is a fucking high ass compliment if someone calls you the brains of the tactics. Uh, his name is I'm gonna butcher the first name and last name. His name is Zelchko Buvak. That's way better. Than whatever I was going to say. I'm trying, man. So, apparently, him and uh, Klopp got in a little spat. Their 18-year friendship went out the window. Mm, and it's always after 18 years. That 18 year, it's, it's the, you know, it's the legal year. 18 years. 18 years. Got, it's that Kanye West song, you know. Uh, I stop. I can't. makes your money. Oh, Gold Digger. And I believe. Because she got you for 18 years. Because she got you that baby. Anyway, Is that what it means? that's what it. Yeah, what the fuck else does it mean? I was just thinking she like made you love her for eighteen years. No, it's about a kid because you gotta pay alimony till you're eighteen. I wouldn't unless like you don't pay child support and then you gotta pay it off later because you owe back like back rent. See, that's just so stupid. Like, just don't have kids, people. Yeah. So the question becomes: Is can Liverpool continue this success? Continue this exciting football? without Buvac at the helm and I'll genuinely tell you guys straight up I have no fucking idea I I don't know enough about Liverpool I don't know enough about Buvac I don't know enough about the relationship so I'm kind of stupid excited to see how Liverpool lines up next season me too I think it's gonna be really exciting um Chelsea moving on hangover season was too real yeah, it happens to the best of us. Sometimes a hangover will knock you out the entire next day. Sometimes a whole 38-game season. Um, I've had that. I've had that. I've had a week-long hangover now. I've reached the age of 24. I now get a two-day hangover. Sometimes I'm about three. to be 25, so I'm just waiting for like that two like two to three-week hangover, and I don't yeah. think I can handle that. Like where you that drink, where you drink Saturday and you don't drink till the following Saturday. I can't live like that. Yeah, like, it's startling sometimes when I can drink on a Tuesday after I've drank on a Saturday from our for our podcast. So, I really think if Antonio Conte keeps the helm at Chelsea, I think they'll be a top four team next year. Uh, yeah, but I do not think. I think Morata's out. Think. I think Morata's out. Morata's definitely. I think Rom- I think Abramovich is one of the best G. I would call him like almost like a GM for picking talent and he if someone's not working out at Chelsea they're fucking dead weight he goes full Russian on him and he's like no you're done I, that's my Roman Abramovich thank you I think he's like Putin yeah dude for soccer. like if you go like literally you say anything bad against him like you're done like you go to the gulags um and 
I really think that Chelsea will have a really bounce back season next year. Highly dependent if they keep Nagoli Conte and Hazard. We'll see. But I really have high confidence. I think Cesc Fabregas might have one more good season left in the tank. Um, maybe as a role player. Um, William, again, will they keep him? I think William can have a really breakout season next year. Not that he's not. He's like he's getting a little bit older now. He's been in the league for a couple seasons. But I really think like I think Antonio Conte can really find the best of him because he didn't really play their title-winning season that much because they had a lot of Pedro, a lot of Cesc, a lot of Goli Conte in there. So we'll see. And then Babioko. Babioko? Bakioko. Bakioko? Bakioko. What happened to him? I mean, the The, man... He hasn't really played, right? Has he even been in the starting lineup? He's been in it sparingly since the start of the new year. And he looks like an African war king which i mean he looks terrifying he looks awesome in my opinion um but he really did not live up to his expectations and that's kind of the story of chelsea's year uh you got conte not living up to his first year expectations you've got Murata really not living up to anybody's expectations you've got hazard yeah he had flashes of brilliance but he didn't really live up to that expectations of the the uh, player of the year. Chelsea's well, I, I think year. I think he had a good season. I just don't I do think too, I don't but... think he just he wasn't given enough playing time, a chance. He didn't really have like Morata finishing for him. I think Azubuqueta had probably the best season, and him and Marco Alonso, yeah, probably had the best seasons for them. So if they keep those two, I think that's a good start. And then Gary Cahill, like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And they have that youngster too, Christensen. Christian. Yeah. So I like him a lot. I think he could be like the new face of like the England defense, like the John Terry, just less rapey looking in the face and, you know, won't cheat on my wife. And hopefully won't rape. rape. Yeah. Uh, um, so we're not saying John Terry's a rapist. We're just saying. He looks like one. He definitely, if you put him in a lineup, even if he didn't do something wrong, I'd probably pick him. Yeah, John Terry, JT, you kind of have that. But face apparently he's like a hero Aston at, Villa, at yeah. Aston Villa, which is crazy to me because my one friend who's a huge Aston Villa fan was like, Oh my god, if there's one Aston Villa jersey with the name on the back, which is apparently a thing, people have to really decide what name to put on the back of a jersey. I mean, I do it sometimes, but I don't really give a shit. Um, he's like, I would get him, and he was speaking about John Terry at Aston Villa, and I was like, we like John Terry now? And he was like, for the season, and like, we looked up his highlights for his season at Aston Villa. He's been like, apparently the glue that's held them together and like, really steered the boat from sinking. At Aston yeah, Villa, so. I think the headline said that he was instrumental in fixing the toxic, yeah, that's way better toxic uh, locker room. But jumping back to JT's old team, Chelsea, there was there was some news that came out of the Spanish media today that said Hazard is going to wait to sign a new contract until Chelsea signs players. So Hazard seems to have Conte's balls in his hands right now. That's, a, that's gonna, some scary balls to have in your hands. It is, but I think he's also got he's got some leverage on Conte where Conte, mm-hmm. Chelsea Knows, board, yeah. and Chelsea fans know that Hazard is the best player on that team. So it sounds like if Hazard stays, he's only going to stay if there are some big names brought in. And like you said earlier, there's nobody better than Roman Abramovich bringing some big names in. And so or the right or the right pieces for the right. right prices. So I think overall, I think Chelsea will have a nice, uh, you know, uh, bounce back season next year. Uh, let's move on to my club, Arsenal Football Club, the Gunners, or as the fans like to call themselves, the Gooners. R I P. 
Arsene Wenger. What a time. And Arsenal. And Arsenal, really. Um, wow. New. I guess we're going in a new direction. I guess Arsenal has many. Uh, we're doing the dating show. It is a dating roulette. All right, Kevin, um, let oh, me give, oh, give you well, this, these dating picks. Okay. Now they're going to say, I'm going to say the name. It's kind of like Tinder. If you guys haven't been on it, check it out. You can hook up pretty easily. Or have really embarrassing stories. Both. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a name. You're either going to swipe right, which means yes, or swipe left, which means no. Actually, just say yes or no. I'm going to say yes or no. Yeah, I like that better. So to start out with the head coach of Arsenal Football Club. Mikel Arteta. Ah, oh, man. I wish there was a maybe. I'll say yes, just because it's like a fresh face. Former captain has been studying under the best coach in the Premier League for a year and a half. <sighs> just we move went on. to school. Hold on. You, just you, had, to, you, you, you had to start with Mikel Arteta. I, I wish it was you... the first name on the list. Ah, damn it. Um... Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, just give. I I know we're not going to be good for the next like couple years because you know we're going through new managers. We're going through the revolving door, which is new managers. I think Mikel Arteta is a fresh face. Maybe give a fresh identity to Arsenal. So yeah, sure. Why not? All right, I'm gonna fuck you up again, Patrick Vieira. No, he is. All right, sorry, Kevin. He is on the same managerial track as Mikel Arteta. But two years ahead of Mikel Arteta, what is your reasoning to choose Arteta over v- Vieira? Uh, Patrick Vieira coaches in the MLS, which it's not like Patrick Vieira is unfamiliar with the Premier League. Let's put that fairly. Um, as a legendary defensive midfielder, um, I mean, uh, you're really like I would rather not have either of them. The I know we're going to get the better choices later on. I mean, sure, again, like, fine. If we're going to pick someone, sure, Patrick Vieira. But again, it's like picking Magic Johnson as your GM at the Lakers. You're picking a face that is too familiar. Same with Mikel Arteta. Too much of, like, a face of the club who may not be experienced enough. You know what I mean? Same with Magic Johnson as being the GM for the Lakers. My thing is, Patrick Vieira has been coaching in the MLS with New York FC he hasn't won anything with New York FC. Mikel Arteta technically has a Premier League title underneath Pep Guardiola, which and, is not and not as the head coach. Don't get me wrong, but he's been studying what is the right way to win in the Premier League. He's been studying under the guy who's who's perfected Premier League football. Okay, so who is uh, who's the um, coach that the Milwaukee Bucks are looking to uh, interview? The woman Becky Harmon. I think so, yeah. So I, I, I think this is incredibly similar. I, uh, Mikel Arteta has been coaching as an assistant coach, as a striker's coach under uh, probably one of the best uh, coaches in the past couple of decades um, with Pep Guardiola. Becky Harmon has been coaching under Pop for the past year. So has Mikel Arteta. He's been there for a year and a half. And now clubs, teams are trying to hire the both of them. Obviously, different circumstances. But hiring the both of them based upon the fact that they were assistants. Becky Harmon, fourth assistant. Mikel Arteta's strikers coach for the best team. for the, or Not best team. For the best coach in the business at the moment. So, in my perspective... I truly don't think that is 
a uh, a tangible quality that I look for in mm-hmm. someone to hire. Yeah, me and you, we work for one of the best law firms in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I don't see as an employer. I want to just look at who employed the person last and then make a decision based on that. That's why I would not hire Arteta especially. At least Vieira has been a head coach. Yeah, for but in years. That, if you're making that case, I wouldn't hire either. So, if we're going to go into those criteria, I just wouldn't hire either. I'm just making an argument for both of them. People are trying to make this Vieira versus Arteta when they're both so inexperienced. Right. Absolutely. So, all right, so move on to the next one. You got the Spanish king, Luis Enrique. Yeah, I would take him. I think he coached a treble winning team. If you win a treble, then yeah, fuck yeah, come to my club. Next. Messi Miliano Allegri. Max Allegri. Oh, he's already said he's staying at Juventus, yeah. but absolutely. Abs- oh, oh my God. Yeah, I, that's the dream. I would love Maximilian Allegri. All right. So, Bachelorette's out there. Kevin says Max Allegri is his dream. So, Max, hit up Kev. Hey. <laughs> Next up, Unai Emery. No. Good. All right. Next up, Zeljko Buvak. Is that the club? Liverpool, yeah. Again, I he's just been an understudy uh, under Klopp. Obviously, has made this genius type of football like Pep. That's fun and exciting and scores a lot of goals. Again, I don't see enough head coach material like Arteta, like Patrick Vieira. I mean, I guess. All right, Brendan Rodgers. No. Carlo Ancelotti. Yes, absolutely. So at the end of the day, if you could pick one bachelorette out of all these bachelorettes, Allegri, but Allegri will not come to Arsenal. Other so than if Allegri. I so so if I had to settle to pick someone, I would. So fuck. it's between Enrique and Ancelotti. I would probably pick Ancelotti. More experience, more trophies. Yeah. So there you have it, Arsenal I, fans. I, eyebrow. Um, <laughs> the brow. <laughs> yeah, the eyebrow definitely does it to me. Um, let's uh. Well, this is running pretty long. We're at like an hour and 20 minutes. Holy shit. Let's wrap it up. Well, you want to wrap it up? We got questions, right? Yeah, we do. All right. As, we, uh, as I pull up these questions, Kevin's going to give you a quick uh, intro into the newest members of the Premier League. So, yeah. Welcome in. Uh, Cardiff. Uh, one, as my Swans, another Welsh team, Swansea, leaves the Premier League. Another Welsh team emerges from the ashes. Another one. Cardiff, who I've been to Cardiff a bunch of times. It is the capital of Wales. Um, pleasant little town. Um, that is where the Champions League final was last year. Um, yeah, beautiful little town. Uh, big rugby town. Um, there's a castle there. I took my mom there. Pretty awesome. Uh, Wolverhampton Wolves, which is the dumbest fuck. It's like the Philadelphia Phillies of fucking names. Um dumbest name in the premier league so i it's already won that award for next year um welcome back wolves it's great to have i like having wolves in the premier league that's I cool i miss mick mccarthy he's oh. a manager but now he's no longer a manager um and yeah now it's come down to fulham or no fulham's out no fulham's in, fulham's in. so it's either between fulham our boy dempsey's former club uh, versus Aston Villa, a familiar face in the Premier League if you've been watching within the past three years, and one of my friends' teams. Um, I think Martin's picking Fulham. I'm picking Aston Villa. That's who we want. Not for real personal reasons, just because one of us just wants to pick a team. So, yeah, go Villa. Go Fulham. All right. And on to the questions. Thank you guys uh, for asking Twitter questions. You can 
Ask us questions on our Instagram, Lads Podcast, Twitter, Lads underscore podcast, and Facebook uh, at Lads Podcast or a lot of Americans discussing soccer. I know it's a long name, but search it, you lazy yeah, and, shit. And, and, and tell all your friends about us. Of course, tell them to subscribe, listen, even if they don't listen. Just please help us out. That'd be awesome. We're Thank okay you. We love people. you. We love yeah. you. We love yeah. you so much. Support your uh, soccer friends. So, first question comes from my man, Glenn Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter. <sighs> Classic Glenn. At Glenn Lawrence, and he says, FA Cup final predictions. And I'm going to be a conceited uh, Manchester United fan like I usually am. But after the season that Manchester United and Chelsea have had, respectively, I'm going to give it 3-1 Manchester United. I am going to pick Chelsea. Kevin. Not, not to be a dick. I'm not doing it just to be a dick Hold to on. you. We going to I'm uh, just Black saying Sheep? We might go to Black Sheep. Yeah, we should go to Black Sheep. Yeah, Black okay. Sheep. Okay. Uh, Center City, Philadelphia Bar. Anyway, I'm picking Chelsea because I feel like Antonio Conte doesn't want to lose back-to-back FA Cups. It's, really it's, it's, hard, it's hard to lose back-to-back sometimes. And I feel like, you know, as a de- degenerate gambler, like, oh, they can't lose back-to-back. So I'm picking Chelsea just for the fact... Um, I think both coaches are pretty pretty equal. I give the edge to Mourinho in terms of players pretty even. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I think it's a toss up game for really, so I'm gonna pick Chelsea. Next question comes from Anthony Shopa. You can find him on Twitter at Shopa AJ. Um and he asked why would Brazil pick up Danilo and not Alexandro? And you know what? I don't have an answer for you because both of these players have been pretty shit this entire year. But I would still pick Alexandro. Yeah, I would too, but Tite knows best. But it doesn't even fucking matter because Germany is going to dick on Brazil. Yeah, Germany's going to whip out that big brick wall of theirs and uh you know, it's going to be messy. Um last not, one. Not not Lionel Messi. It mess it's going to be M E S S Y. Messi. It's also going to be messy. M E S S I. Yes. All right. Last one comes from Stan. Uh, Stan White, you can find him. <laughs> Stan, Stan. Stan the man. Well, he's got fucking complicated Twitter names Stan and all that shit. D, d, can you say his full name? Stanino de Oliveira Whitealdom, which I think is a play on... Winealdom. Winealdom. Mm. But you can find him on uh, Twitter. I almost said Facebook like I'm living in 2008. <laughs> <a> fucking nerd. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at Real White Dude FC. White is spelled W-H-Y-T-E. And he says, I've been debating this all day. Do John Joe Shelby and Smoking Jag deserve a ticket to Russia? Well, so, it's been decided no. No, they absolutely they, they, Well, not. I know Jack definitely got rejected today. So did John Joe. Oh, they both did? Yeah, well, first off, we don't want too many bald people. That's, one is enough. Um, I wasn't surprised by this decision, but I was surprised by one thing. John Joe Shelby is 25 fucking years old. No fucking way. I know. No, I he's know. not. I thought he was like Dude, 30. 31. I thought he was like in yeah. his fucking... Yeah. No way he's in his mid... Dude, he, it he's shocked a, me. He's about to be the same age as you? Yeah. A year older than me? Yeah. Dude, he looks like Dr. Evil. I know, but he does not deserve to go to Russia. No. No. Smoking Jack might. He has more of a higher ceiling. Yeah. John Joe Shelby, he plays for Newcastle. Look. 
Newcastle. Look, we're not trying. We're not trying to. Nah, I'm just kidding. Fuck you, Newcastle. (laughs) But all right, guys, this has been a very fun podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, Make sure to hit the subscribe button. I'm just copying what other YouTubers say. Um, You can find us down there. there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that nine yards. And check us on StadiumScene.tv, where you can find the best places to go for your favorite sporting events, to find the best bars, restaurants, and fucking tickets and shit. And I don't know what else they do, but you can find us there. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Love you. Bye. Oh, lordy. Yeah, John Joe Shelby's fucking 25. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, like, genuinely fucked me up. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself.